Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I believe we are on episode 10 right now. Uh, if I'm wrong, then we'll correct that in the description here. Uh, but we've been off our podcast for a little bit in recording, so there's been a little bit of a lag, but uh, today we're actually going to catch up on a recent trip that I made uh, through the business, hosting two different groups over to the Salmon River in New York. So before we get started, make sure that on whatever platform you're listening to us today at, you are subscribed and uh, get notified whenever we put out a new podcast. The plan is, as we have been doing on Monday mornings every single week, uh, you can check those out on all the platforms, including Apple, Google, Podbean. Uh, it'll be linked to our social media accounts on our YouTube channel, and we're working on a couple others on top of that. So check them all out. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying these. Uh, all of the gear that we have and everything else, including trips like I'm going to talk about today, is uh, we have information on our website, and that is just www.risenfly.com. So... Uh, we'll get right into it. So this trip here that we've done, I've probably been bringing groups out to the Salmon River in New York for about 12 years um, and through the business for probably about five or six years. I don't remember how long now. Um, before that, I would just organize groups of friends from uh, just around the area and people that I knew um, and uh, do all the work and all the effort in getting them up there and prepping them for the trip. And I was like, you know what, let's just do this through the business. Uh, so the last couple years we've been doing that and having uh, repeat customers coming through here. Um, I think I've got a guy uh, that was on this trip that has done three different trips with us this year. He did uh, Pyramid Lake early in the year in March, and then he did uh, him and his wife did Montana in June, and then they him and his wife also did the Salmon River here in October. So uh, we've got a handful of trips we're working on for next year. We've got the Pyramid Lake trip coming again. We've got Alaska coming next year, and then we've got dates already picked for the Salmon River, which we should have updated on the website here in the next week. Uh, so if it doesn't hit by the time this podcast comes out, it should hit pretty soon. Um, usually we're doing anywhere from about 8 to even up to 15 people in a group. We've got two groups scheduled for next year, so if you're interested, go ahead and reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to get you some information for 2022. So without further ado, we'll talk about the Salmon River, talk about how our trip went this year, um, some, some some fun and exciting changes that were kind of new to us out there, um, and then give some shout outs to a few things as well. So the Salmon River, where is it? What is it? How do we do it? Um, so the Salmon River is uh, a tributary that flows into Lake Ontario. So if you find Syracuse, New York on the map, head directly north up to the lake, you pretty much hit it. A uh, little town of Pulaski, as I uh, have been uh, told I've been mispronouncing it over the years. So Pulaski, Pulaski, depends on who you ask. A uh, little fishing town that uh, probably only in existence because of the fishing on the Salmon River and a couple other tributaries in the area. So it's, uh, it's fun when you drive through town uh, within about a quarter mile stretch of downtown there. You can probably hit about a dozen different shops all there because of the salmon, steelhead, brown trout fishing that are there. Uh, we'll get into more of that too. So uh, the big draw is usually the king salmon. So the king salmon in that river, your average king salmon will probably uh, be in the range of, I would say, 15 to 20 pounds. Uh, they definitely get some in the 20 to 30 pound range every year, uh, kind of few and far between, but uh, they're there. I would say your normal adult three-year king salmon um, is ranging in that like 34 to 37 inch class. 
Um, and then some of the big boys that come through are in that 37 to 40. If you hit 40 inches, uh, you're doing pretty good on the Salmon River. Uh, I've been up there. I think this is my 12th year that I've gone up there. Hit my personal best this year at 39 and a half. Just couldn't stretch that tape measure an extra half an inch, but that's okay. Big male. I've posted a few pictures of that um, that fish on some of our social media pages, including Instagram. So you can go check that out there. So uh, we arrived on, I believe, the 9th of October, which was a Saturday. Usually I give the first day to travel, um, stay the first night, and then we fish three days and leave the day after. So this first group arrived on Saturday. We fished Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They left Wednesday. Um, the section of river that we fish, I've fished both in this section and outside of it. And in my opinion, it's worth every penny to get into it, which is the Douglas and Salmon Run section. Um, so you can look up their website if you'd like to, just information on what they do there. So they've got what I would call like a semi-private section of water about two miles in length. First section from the lake. Um, and you have to pay to get a daily pass to get into there. Or you can actually do season pass holders. Um, if you're closer to the area and fish it more often. Um, the first year that I went, I think I paid like 25, 30 bucks for the day. It is 75 weekday and then 85 weekend and 95 holiday. Um, so it's definitely gone up in price. Um, but the nice thing about it, I think there's kind of three things that are great about this, uh, this section of water. Uh, first, it's the first section from the lake. So we ended up fishing, um, pretty much almost the bottom section for a couple days and uh, these fish, we were the absolute first people that they saw uh, tossing flies, lures, anything at them. Um, where if you go into town, you've got miles and miles of water where people are fishing. And uh, they've already seen all these things that uh, you're trying to trick them in. Um, also, when it comes to salmon, even compared to steelhead, these fish die off after they spawn. So uh, you're getting the freshest fish in when you're hitting the first section from there. And then one of the last reasons is they limit how many people get in every day. So they usually limit it depending on the season between two and 250 people. Um, I think it can kind of ebb and flow from that number based on season pass holders and things like that that are coming in. Guides, um, you have to be a guide through the DSR to be able to go through there. Um, I'll abbreviate Douglas and Salmon Run as DSR if you don't know that already. Um, and then also they kind of keep it clean and, and kept well and... They've got uh, what they call the river walkers who have like a bright chartreuse hat on that walk throughout the river each and every day um, just to make sure people aren't snagging fish on purpose or follow, uh, you know, not following the rules. Um, you know, one thing that they have is no alcohol uh, on the river. They want to keep people um, enjoying the river and kind of keeping a, a certain um, expectation of the people that are fishing there. By all means, in the parking lot, have a beer or two when you're done. Um, but... Uh, during during the day of fishing, you want to um, kind of keep things, we'll call it kosher, throughout the day. So when I'm bringing a group of people up there, many of them who've never fished this river before, um, I think it's worth it to be able to spend an extra extra couple bucks. You know, if you go up and you're fishing for three or four days, maybe do one or two days in the Douglas and Salmon section and one or two days in the outside water, just to see how it is. Um, on the outside of this, there's actually two fly fishing only sections. Um, and then there's a bunch of public access water as well. So you can go right into town there in the town of Pulaski. Um, and then there's a bunch of other parking lots as you head up into the Altmar area um, that you can just drive up through there. And I think there's about a half a dozen spots you can park, let alone other spots on top of that. Um, so what we did was uh, we start fishing. They kind of give you a release time to the river. 
If you're a season pass holder, you get to go a little earlier. Uh, we get to go um, at the time, I think our check-in time was like 6.30 a.m. So we stay in a nice house uh, where I do all the cooking and cleaning and everything else there. And uh, if you ask the guys that go on the trip, uh, I do okay on the cooking side of things. So we, we had some good meals when we were out there. Um, but it's about 20 minutes away, so we wake up uh, fairly early, try to get out of the house at quarter to six, hit the river all loaded up and ready to go. Walk down to the river, hit our spots. For me, I've been fishing there for so long that I've got um, probably about four or five go-to spots on the run um, where I know that there's going to be fish holding. I know that there's different spots, whether it's a deep hole in this spot or um, a, a run where we can sight fish uh, or anywhere in between. And the nice thing about it is uh, there's placards all along the river that have the the names of the holes. So you can go to the meadow section, you can go to the, the flats, you can go to the S-turn or the clay holes or all these things that they have labeled here on the Douglas and Salmon Run. So um, that if you're looking for a specific spot or you get uh, separated from your group, you can just say, hey, this is where we're going and it's pretty easy to find fairly worn paths along the whole creek, um, but easy to be able to go into spots. So we kind of went to one of my favorite spots early the first morning, um, cast a few lines, hooked a few fish, um, but definitely not as many as, as I'm used to there for whatever reason. You know, these fish, they really migrate through quickly. Uh, the king salmon kind of come up and hold for a while, and, you know, they might even spawn down low before they move all the way up. Uh, the coho salmon are really known to run fast, so if you get in on a good day where the coho salmon are running, you could see a couple years ago, I remember we had one of those days, big storm came through and afterwards the coho decided they were running. I probably saw three to 400 fish swim by me in an afternoon in a matter of hours. Um, so they seem to run the whole system pretty quickly. We actually saw some um, on this trip in a handful of spots where they were uh, in some pods of a, of a handful of fish all in one hole. Um, so we could target them by swinging flies, drifting eggs, things like that. Um, so we had a little bit of luck. I think we only had six guys in this first group, so it was a little bit, a uh, little bit lesser than what I'm typical to. But I, our biggest problem with that was the passes sold out like six months prior to the trip, so it was hard for people to be able to get into that. Um, but we had a good time. We uh, caught a couple fish there, and I said, you know what? Let's head down lower than I've ever been before. So we kind of walked a good ways downstream passed up a couple spots with other people and walked into a section um, on day two and uh, saw three guides. And I think the limit for guides is either three or four uh, clients. And there are three guides with three or four people apiece all in one hundred yard section. And I was like, oh, okay. If all the guides are here, this is probably where the fish are. So it's funny. You got to walk. It's about a mile and a half down there. Um, but uh, there was, a, I think, two of the guides took a boat so they went all the way down to basically where the lake is um, instead of having to walk and parked there and threw their clients in a, in a little boat and, and drove them up. So they had 100 yards to walk rather than a mile and a half like we did. Um, but we found this nice deep run that had some turns in it, um, followed by some riffles both above and below it. Really, really good holding water for these fish. Um, so some of the gear that we're using there, we're using anywhere, usually around eight weight rods. When the kings are out, um, you can step down to a seven just to target the steelhead and the brown trout that are in there. When they're in, usually eights. I know some guys that use nine weights as well. Um, when you get too much heavier than that, uh, if you do hook into one of these, you know, three, four pound brown trout or 
uh, coho that might be a little smaller. It's kind of like uh, bringing in a bluegill on a bass rod. Um, so I like using an eight weight. It's kind of a good all around um, rod. You know, when I'm looking at fighting those big king salmon, um, I've cut massive kings pushing 40 inches on eight pound test on an eight weight. Puts a little bit of a challenge of how you're how you're fighting those fish, but uh, at the end of the day, can still handle it. Um, the main flies that we're using down here on the run here for targeting these fish, um, streamer patterns, everything from uh, egg-sucking leeches to zonkers to woolly buggers. Um, those are kind of the go-tos there in a handful of different colors. And then egg patterns, uh, we're using glow bugs, sucker spawn, uh, estaz eggs, crystal meths, um, even some beads down there. Uh, if you'd like, you can even throw a bead above your fly. Uh, one of the big restrictions in New York is that you can only use one hook at a time. Uh, there's a lot of people that snag on purpose there, so they've got a lot of rules to make sure that you're not snagging um, and to prevent you from doing that. Like on weight restrictions, they don't sell lead in New York. I think that's a combination of it being so heavy to snag, but also uh, there's probably a million split shot in that creek from all the snags there, and they don't want to have uh, lead poisoning in there. You can bring your own lead, but you just can't buy it in New York. So you're buying tin aluminum that's much, much lighter um, and uh, much, much more expensive as well. So we're doing a lot of drifting, um, both of streamers and egg patterns. We're swinging flies in certain runs, hooking into a decent amount of fish. Uh, you go through a ton of flies on this, on this river. So um, there's a lot of snags uh, that you're losing your fly. And then you're also, the fish are breaking you off. And then common courtesy when you foul hook a fish, especially when there's a bunch of people around, is to snap it off on purpose. So a very good day of fishing, you might go through 25, 30 flies easily. Um, and a bag or two of split shot. Every year I tell everybody to bring a bunch of split shot, and every year someone uh, runs out on day one. <laughs> so uh, pretty important for that. So this first group, uh, we had a couple guys who had never fished it before, so it's always fun. I always say it never gets old seeing someone hook into a you know, 20, 25-pound king salmon for the first time ever. Um, hardly anybody, if anybody, uh, lands their first king salmon because they're not used to how to fight a fish like that, especially on a fly rod. Uh, so you hear people talk about things like putting side pressure on it and, you know, the fish are running and pushing you into your backing. So you've got to kind of catch up with them and there's other people fishing. So someone else might have a fish hooked up and your lines cross, or you're going over this guy who's fishing or under this guy who's fishing ladies as well. Um, and it's just, uh, for me, be, usually being the observer on these things, you know, I catch my fair share of fish as well. Um, but I'm usually playing net man on these trips, taking pictures and helping people out. Um, I just get a kick out of watching people fight fish, uh, that have never done it before and just kind of coaching them through it of, okay, we've got to go this way. Put your rod in this direction. We're putting pressure on, let them run, you know, those sort of things. Um, and it just never gets old, uh, seeing people fight big fish like this, especially if they've never done it before. Um, and then the people who have done it before, they come back each and every year, uh, because it's just that much more fun. Um, so the first group, we had a couple firsts for a lot of people, you know, the first King Salmon. Um, I know one guy here local to our Pittsburgh area caught a couple cohosts. Um, and then, uh, we had, uh, kind of a mixed bag. So, uh, it was interesting that we finally found this little spot that all the fish were kind of coming up into this one spot on day two. Uh, right before the run started. So there were these, uh, I won't give out the, the details on exactly where we were fishing. Um, because if I tell you this detail, you'll probably know exactly where it is if you're on the DSR. But anyways, they were potted up, ready to make a run into uh, some more sections there. 
Um, and we were starting to get into some cohos in that section. Um, and then we were starting to see some brown trout and even a steelhead here and there. Now, uh, this trip was a little bit more unusual as years past in mid-October, um, you know, we're looking at highs in the maybe mid to low 50s, uh, possibly snow overnight or in the morning. And uh, this trip, we were seeing people wet wade because the, the temperatures were pushing low 70s. Water temps were like 61, 62 degrees. So in terms of salmon fishing, uh, you know, we're in like shorts and a t-shirt with waders and some guys weren't even wearing waders. Um, so it was kind of interesting. I think that really hurt the trout fishing, but more on that here in the, in the future, um, in this podcast. But, but yeah, we had a great first group. A lot of guys caught their first couple fish, a couple guys, uh, wanted to bring back some fish. So I think it was day two, um, that we had, we had a guy take his three fish limit and didn't want to walk a mile and a half out by himself. So they got like a 15 foot log out of the woods and tied the fish in between. And one guy took the front end and one guy took the back end and they walked out with it. So I've seen that happen for uh, many years over, you know, in, in fishing this. Um, but I've also seen guys use kind of deer sleds. You know, if they've got three or four people each taking their three fish out, uh, you got a hundred plus pounds easily of fish. And uh, I've seen sleds. I've seen sleds made out of old uh, 55 gallon plastic drums. Um, I see people just drag them out. You know, they've got their stringer of fish and they're just dragging them out that mile, mile and a half walk. And then you've got a, two flights of stairs before the end to get back to the parking lot. Um, so for me, uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> for the guys that have done it for a couple of years, uh, I just enjoy catching the fish. So uh, for other people, they want to take some fish home. And by all means, you're allowed to. Now, the, ni- the other nice thing about the DSR is they only let you keep the salmon. Uh, they want the steelhead and the brown trout, brown trout to actually reproduce and uh and make uh make more fish for the following years which they do have some natural reproduction there so they don't let you even though the regulations say in new york state uh that you can keep a steelhead they don't let you do that there so outside waters by all means uh keep uh, keep your limit of fish there um, but inside they're just trying to promote a little better fishery um and letting some of those uh the, the steelhead and the brown trout reproduce and letting them go so, uh, we've got, I've got lots more to talk about on this trip, um, and we're just going to extend this into part two. So I could sit here and talk for a while, but I want to extend it into another one. So you're going to have to check back next week, uh, for our part two of this podcast. If you're interested in joining us for next year, you can check it out on the website. Like I said, it should be up by the time this one, uh, comes through with more details and dates of next year. And then if you're also looking for gear, we have great things like our target species kits uh, on the website. So it comes with a rod, a reel, backing, a fly line, a leader, and a box of four dozen flies. Um, so we have that for salmon. We have that for steelhead. We also have trout, um, bass, and then we have small stream trout. We're also, I think we build in a saltwater um, kit as well. So all those are built with uh, a few different options. We have beginner, intermediate, and advanced on a handful of them. That by no means has to be your skill level, but it just kind of gives you a good rough go around of um, the price range. So like our beginner series is our typically our Genesis rod and the armor reels where intermediate is the ITB and the LW and the expert um, is the 23PS rod or the Goliath uh, rod. And then we've got our Gideon reel or the whale reel in that, depending on the, um, the species that you're looking for. So those are great. We've sold a ton here in the shop. 
um, and a bunch online as well. And uh, we'd throw a discount together by getting everything together there rather than buying everything separate on the website. So go ahead and check those out. If you haven't already uh, signed up for our emails, you can do that on the website and you'll get a 15% off coupon code. And then we've got a few other codes floating around here and there. And then via email, we only send a few emails a month. We're not overloading you guys every single day. Um, we'll send out some uh, some deals and discounts and um, and uh, sales that we have going on on there. Usually every week or two, we'll throw something out like that. So go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We appreciate we appreciate you guys listening today. Once again, make sure make sure you subscribe and check out part two next week. See you guys then.